0: One of these mornings One of these mornings
1: Hello everyone, my name is Simon Carver and welcome to Dagnall Street Baptist Church's podcast service for Sunday the 10th of April. Today is Palm Sunday, but it's also known as Passion Sunday. This will be the last podcast before Easter Sunday and so we'll be focusing this week on the last week of the earthly life of Jesus. Our English word passion comes from the Greek word pasco and the Latin word "passio," where these words mean to suffer. And so in this podcast, in words and music, we'll be thinking about the suffering of Jesus in that last week of his life. Our music reflects this rather sombre mood, although there is a message of hope in Bob Dylan's song, The Chimes of Freedom, here sung by the birds. A few notices about our Holy Week and Easter services. Maundy Thursday Communion is at 8pm. There will be a Good Friday service at 10.15 in the morning. There is an Easter communion at 9am, followed by breakfast on Easter Sunday, and then our main Easter Sunday service will be at 10.30. There will be a Good Friday walk this year, which will be around Leavesden, Country Park and Bedmond. The walk's going to be about four and a half miles long, although there are shorter walks available around the park. We'll meet outside the cafe at 12.15 and the walk will start at one o'clock. For more information, see the church magazine or speak to Colin or Sue Owen. And now our call to worship, which today is some verses from Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let all Israel repeat, his faithful love endures forever. Open for me the gates where the righteous enter and I will go in and thank the Lord. These gates lead to the presence of the Lord, and the godly enter there. I thank you for answering my prayer and giving me victory. The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it is wonderful to see. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Please, Lord, please save us. Please, Lord, please give us success. Bless the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God shining upon us. Take the sacrifice and bind it with cords on the altar. You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever.
2: A million miles away, I would keep myself. I would find a way.
1: God, our God, you have called us to be a people on the move, travelling light dying to live, ready to lose ourselves for the sake of the world. You've called us to be a people with a purpose, travelling without a map, travelling to where we are led, sustained by your spirit, committed to the gospel for the hope of the world. You've called us to be your people, to be the church. But we are a church with problems, too strong for the weak, too staid for the young, too respectable for the poor to divided for mission, to obsessed with our own lives, to think of the lives of others, too unsure of our message to speak to the world. Move us on our journey from where we are to where you want us to go. Open our eyes on the way to the people of different cultures, continents and countries who can bring colour to our lives. Take us on our journey from where we are to where you want us to be so that we become a community where all are welcomed and no one is excluded. All are valued and no one is made to feel inadequate. All are forgiven and no one is ashamed to belong. All are encouraged and no one is too hurt to come among us. Lead us on our journey from who we are to who you want us to be, so that patience is built into us, kindness is assumed in us, Gentleness is part of us. Compassion flows from us. Truth is second nature to us. And the commitment of love is part of us. Let us go gladly on the journey towards Easter, the journey towards death and resurrection. Let us journey in the peace and power of the Spirit. Amen. In the evening, Jesus arrived with the twelve. As they were sitting at the table, eating, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, one of you eating with me here will betray me. Greatly distressed, each one asked in turn, Am I the one? He replied, It is one of you twelve who is eating from this bowl with me. For the Son of Man must die, as the scriptures declared long ago, but how terrible it will be for the one who betrays him. It would be far better for that man, if he had never been born. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, Take it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and they all drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. I tell you the truth, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Philip's story He couldn't mean me, surely, that's what I kept telling myself. One of the others perhaps, but not me. I would stay true, if nobody else did, dependable to the last, someone he could stake his life on if he needed to. Yet could he? Deep down, despite my protestations, I wondered, for, to tell the truth, I was scared out of my wits, dreading what the future might hold for us. It was suddenly all too real, the prospect of suffering and death. Those warnings Jesus had given no longer simply words we could push aside, but fact, staring us in the face. His enemies were gathering for the kill, greedily waiting their moment, and it was only a matter of time before they came for the rest of us. We'd kept on smiling until then, putting a brave face on things as best we could. If not for his sake, then our own. But suddenly there could be no more running away, for in that stark sentence he spelt out the awful truth, one of you will betray me. We protested, of course, vehement in our denials, yet one by one we looked away, unable to meet his gaze. It wasn't me. I'm glad to say, but of course you'll know that by now, won't you? It was Judas who finally couldn't take it. Judas whose name will go down in history as the one who betrayed Jesus. Yet somehow that doesn't help, for the truth is this, when the moment came we were all found wanting, all more concerned for our own safety than his. Maybe we didn't betray him, but don't think we're feeling smug about it still less like twisting the knife in Judas, for that moment there in the upper room made us all take a long hard look at ourselves, and we didn't much like what we saw.
0: One of these mornings, one of these mornings,
1: Jesus was deeply troubled, and he exclaimed, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at each other, wondering whom he could mean. The disciple Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus at the table. Simon Peter motioned to him to ask, Who's he talking about? So that disciple leaned over to Jesus and asked, Lord, who is it? Jesus responded, It is the one to whom I give the bread I dip in the bowl." And when he dipped it, he gave it to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. When Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus told him, hurry and do what you're going to do. None of the others at the table knew what Jesus meant. Since Judas was their treasurer, some thought Jesus was telling him to go and pay for the food or to give some money to the poor. So Judas left at once, going out into the night judas's story do what you have to do he told me and i realised then as he looked at me from the expression in his eyes that he knew full well what i'd been up to and understood precisely what i'd planned for later that evening call me a fool but i thought until then i'd covered my tracks played the part of doting disciple to a t and i was right to a point for my fellow apostles fell for it hook, line and sinker. You should have seen their faces when Jesus suddenly turned during supper and solemnly announced that one of us would betray him. Who is it, Lord? they gasped. Surely not I. But they actually believed it might be. As much one of them as me. Not Jesus, though. I realized the moment he looked at me that there was no pulling the wool over his eyes. He saw through the charade behind the lamb to the wolf, beneath the dove to the serpent. And suddenly I was ashamed, sickened by what I was doing, disgusted at what I'd become. I should have stopped it there and then, confessed everything before them all and begged for mercy, but I didn't. I was too proud, afraid of losing face, terrified of what Caiaphas might do to me if I failed to deliver the goods. So I slithered out of the room, leaving the rest of them wide-eyed in disbelief. It still wasn't too late even then. I could have called a halt to the whole business and I only wish I had. I led the soldiers into the garden and greeted Jesus with a kiss, the last revolting act of a repulsive evening. It was bad enough betraying a friend but what made it worse was that we'd eaten together such a short time before. He'd washed my feet, we'd shared bread and wine, kept faith with me to the very last despite everything. If he'd cursed me, accused me, rebuked me, it would have made it easier. If he'd only shown some sign of resentment, maybe then I could have lived with myself, knowing he wasn't so perfect after all. But there was none of that. A hint of sorrow, perhaps, but apart from that only love, compassion, forgiveness. He knew what was happening, yet it made no difference. He knew I was leading him to his death, and he carried on regardless. Why? You tell me. I only hope he had more idea what he was doing than I had.
0: One of these mornings. One of these mornings.
3: Sink like a stone For the times They are a-changing I'm writers and critics who prophesize with your pen And keep your eyes wide The chance won't come again And don't speak too soon For the wheels still in spin and there's no telling who that it's naming For the loser now will be later to win For the times they are a-changing From senators, congressmen, please heed the call
1: After saying these things, Jesus crossed the Kidron Valley with his disciples and entered a grove of olive trees. Judas, the betrayer, knew this place because Jesus had often gone there with his disciples. The leading priests and Pharisees had given Judas a contingent of Roman soldiers and temple guards to accompany him. Now, with blazing torches, lanterns and weapons, they arrived at the olive grove. Jesus fully realised all that was going to happen to him, so he stepped forward to meet them. Who are you looking for? he asked. Jesus, the Nazarene, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. As Jesus said, I am he, they all drew back and fell to the ground. Once more he asked them, who are you looking for? And again they replied, Jesus the Nazarene. I told you that I am he, Jesus said. And since I am the one you want, let these others go. He did this to fulfill his own statement. I did not lose a single one of those you have given me. Then Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest's slave. But Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back into its sheath, Shall I not drink from the cup of suffering the Father has given me? So the soldiers, their commanding officer, and the temple guards arrested Jesus and tied him up. First they took him to Annas, since he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest at that time. Caiaphas was the one who had told the other Jewish leaders, it's better that one man should die for the people. The Temple Policeman's Story Why didn't he escape while he had the chance? That's what I can't work out. He had only to melt away into the shadows, slip quietly off into the darkness, and we'd have missed him for sure. Our quarry once again slipping through our fingers. Right fools we'd have looked then. But lucky for us, it didn't work out that way. Don't ask me why, for I still can't make sense of it, but for some reason he actually came looking for us, determined, apparently, to give himself up. Was he fed up, perhaps, with the constant harrying, the knowledge that we were always there, plotting behind his back, waiting for the chance to bring him down? Some have said so. Yet he'd never appeared troubled before. Our attention, seemingly, of no importance to him. Whatever it was, though, the fact is he took the initiative and we were taken aback. Such assurance the last thing we'd expected. You should have seen us, enough men and weapons to bring down an army, and there he was surrendering without a murmur, even rebuking that hot-headed disciple of his for taking a swipe at Malchus. It was astonishing, yet that's how it continued. No argument, no resistance, no attempt to defend himself, not even when he stood before Pilate, his life on the line. He submitted willingly, almost eagerly, like a lamb led to the slaughter. Well, we achieved what we were sent to do. We got our man where we wanted him, nailed for all to see on a cross. Yet somehow it doesn't feel right, the whole business leaving a strange taste in the mouth. For the truth of the matter is this, we didn't take his life from him as we'd planned. He gave his life to us.
0: One of these mornings One of these mornings
1: Inside, the high priest began asking Jesus about his followers and what he had been teaching them. Jesus replied, Everyone knows what I teach. I have preached regularly in the synagogues and the temple where the people gather. I have not spoken in secret. Why are you asking me this question? Ask those who heard me. They know what I said. Then one of the temple guards standing nearby slapped Jesus across the face. Is that the way to answer the high priest? he demanded. Jesus replied, If I said anything wrong, you must prove it. But if I'm speaking the truth, why are you beating me? Then Annas bound Jesus and sent him to Caiaphas, the high priest. Annas's Story Angry? You bet I was. Wouldn't you have been? It beggared belief the things this man had said and done violating the scripture, contradicting our teaching, presuming even to forgive sins. Who did he think he was? The Son of God or something? I was seething, barely able to restrain myself as he stood before me, so when one of my men lashed out and struck him across the face, let's put it this way, I made no attempt to intervene. It wouldn't have been so bad had he been a priest or a rabbi. At least then he'd have had some claim to authority, some grounds perhaps to speak out. But he wasn't any of those, was he? Just some self-styled teacher from Galilee, without even the first idea about the finer points of the law. Yet was he sorry when they dragged him in? Was there any sign of remorse, even a hint of regret? Not a bit of it. Blatant defiance more like it a total disregard for his spiritual betters. I'll give him one thing, though. He made no attempt to duck the issue, as some might have done, no cowering behind half-truths or lame excuses. We'd been prepared for that, even hauled in some false witnesses just in case, but it was clear they wouldn't be needed, this man, happy apparently, to condemn himself out of his own mouth. That's the one thing I can't understand. He made it easy for us, almost too easy, as though he wanted it all to happen, as though he welcomed the prospect of death. It wasn't just the trial that set me thinking, but before that. Why, for example, he came to Jerusalem in the first place? He must have known the knives were out for him. And why he waited there in the garden after Judas slipped away into the darkness? Did he really have no idea we'd set him up? Perhaps he was just teasing us believing God would deliver him at the last? Or did he expect the mob to rise up in rebellion to take us by storm and set him free? Well, if he did, he showed no sign of it. It's a mystery to me, I have to confess, and there are times when I catch myself thinking, we were the ones set up that night, not him, that for all our scheming, he was the one who finally called the tune. I'm wrong, of course, I must be, for where did it get him? Off to Caiaphas, off to Herod, off to Pilate, off finally to the cross and that ghastly, grisly end. Not even Jesus could have wanted that, could he? Surely not.
0: One of these mornings One of these mornings It was
4: Between
5: sundown's finish and midnight's broken tone, we duck inside the doorway, thunder crashing. As majestic bells and phones struck shadows in these sounds, seeming to be the child of freedom flashing. Flashing for the warriors whose strength is not to fight Flashing for the refugees on the unarmed road of flight And for each and every underdog a soldier in the night And we gazed upon the chimes of freedom flashing In a far-off corner flash And the hypnotic splattered mist was slowly lifting Electric lights still struck like arrows Fired but for the ones Condemned to drift or else be kept from drifting Searching ones on their speechless seeking trail For the lonesome hearted lovers with too personal a tale And for each unharmful gentle soul misplaced inside a jail And we gazed upon the chimes of freedom flashing hang suspended as we listen one last time and we watch with one last look spill down and swallow till we toll told and ended The words.
1: Our last song is a duet by Mark Knopfler and Emmy Lou Harris. But first, a final prayer, a little longer this week than usual. Loving God, at this time we remember that going up to Jerusalem cost Jesus his very life. So we come before you conscious of the way religious words and holy phrases can slip so easily from our lazy lips and our hardened hearts. What do we really know of your mountainous truth, your rock-hard integrity, the depth of your suffering for love of us all? Forgive us for the shallowness of our faith and the timidity of our following. Forgive us for the ready excuses we make for going our own way and claiming it as yours. Turn us round again, we pray, by your Holy Spirit, active within us and among us. Show us how to be open again to your faithfulness and to your freedom, that we may live new lives and be again bearers of the seeds of the kingdom of Jesus. Amen.
5: last words are laying around in tatters sounding absurd whatever
2: And song would light up. Bye. But...